So very, very glad to have you here today. In the back, lots of stuff. Sorry there's so much. On the one hand, on the other hand, you've been waiting for uh, a new class directory. The size of the class directory was a lot of work for Miss Debbie. Everybody say, thank you, Miss Debbie. So getting all the pictures to fit and everything else. So now we have it, and let me explain. It's designed to be a tool. People move in and out. It's a fairly big class. We have um, a difficult time because we are got the 8.30 service leaving when we come in, and everybody's around, and then as, as, as soon as we're over, everybody rushes in. So it's a, it's a little bit harder to go, get to know one another in here. I appreciate you with it and you continuing to try but we try to get most everybody's picture it's in the class and it's in the book and you put it in your bible and so now what you do is you want to go say hi to bob sugar and you're sitting there thinking man you know bob's been here forever i've been here forever but i can't remember his name anybody ever have that trouble yeah right stick everything up so now what you do is you you look in your little book and you go, hey, that's Bob. You cover that up. You walk up and you say hi to Bob. You do that a few times. You got Bob's name. Bob's got yours. It's very helpful. We're going to continually add people. And when we do, there's a space in there where you can write down their name. You don't have your picture yet. And when we have enough, it's not that we're going to make a new director every time, but we'll make some new sheets that are the same size that you can just sort of slide in there and um, uh, have that as a tool to help us to get to know uh, one another you could use it also praying for the class. You could take that, that um, directory and take a month, divide it up by 30 days or whatever, and just pray for everybody in the class once a month. Just several ways that you could use that. There's a new handout today. We're going to take a short little mini-series break, like I told you last week, from Psalms, rolling out of Psalm 3 and 4. We'll talk more of that. But... So there is a handout there. Bring that next week. We'll go at least two weeks with this lesson, perhaps three, no more than three, but, but two weeks at least. So please bring that back. Prayer sheets, if you want to make a prayer request known, um, please write it out so that we have that. If you're not part of the Abundant Life prayer and communication chain, we'd love to have your email if you would let us, and we'd love to put you on that list. We try to replicate the best we can when people are away, sick, vacation, or whatever, what comes on here, we send out each week. It'll be an electronic copy of um, the handout. There'll be a link where you can listen to a podcast of the message. There is all the announcements, um, praise notes, and the prayer requests. And because the prayer requests are so critical, we prefer them in your words, not in mine or not in the office staff that's helping me to do this. So that's one of the reasons we want you to write that down. And yet we'll pass around to Mike in a few moments when we do prayer requests or excuse me, praise notes and just an opportunity to get to know each other so that we can hear one another. That I believe is an important time as well. So you can pick up one of these and we can turn them in very casually over the next 10 minutes as we're doing our opening so please grab one if you haven't already some have already turned them in i'm appreciative of that so tonight's service 5 p.m over in the other building uh, equipping classes session number seven children's adventure club five or 4 45 and so be alert to that i'm gonna send this clipboard around 
We've had a good sign up our annual Abundant Life class bonfire in chili, and I should have put chili dinner, chili and cornbread dinner. Uh, the sign ups are pretty full, but if you're not signed up, we'd like you to sign up. Forgive my mess on the back, but just write your name and tell us what you're gonna what you're gonna bring and how many are coming. And so that's gonna be on uh, November 5th at 5 p.m. at the Swanson's home. It should be a great um, evening. We've got a couple more weeks to sign up. And uh, so I'm gonna pass that around. Russ, if you would help shepherd this clipboard down and back and all the way over, I would appreciate that. So I'll put it right here with you folks. Noel and Kim are visiting um, with us. Friends of the Hornsby's back here. Folks, we welcome you. Glad to have you here with us. And you've got little brother and wife have, with I you. I should ask him whether that's insulting to keep saying that. But I've been saying it for 75 years. Well, <laughs> Literally. It, well, it's a little late to ask if it's okay to say yeah. that now. Just ask forgiveness that, after it's over, right? Uh, yeah, all right. So this is my brother Bob and his wife Janice. And they've come from Indiana all the way to Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us, folks. So, um, good to have these uh, guests with us uh, today. A number of um, bulletin items, you'll hear them in the next service as well. And, of course, uh, you can just look at your uh, app, the church app. You can look online, or you can actually pick up a hand bulletin at either entrance. We have a few. Um if you prefer paper. So, with that being said, do you have a, uh, a praise note, uh, a blessing, an answer to prayer? The Lord has showed you something in his word that you just need to share with everybody. This is uh, your opportunity. We'll pass the mic around. I have one up here. Jesse, you have one back there. Jesse has one back there. So we can get you one. Who has a, an answer to prayer, a praise note, a blessing, something you would like to share? Pete Wing. I just pray. Well, I just praise the Lord for my church. When I was traveling in September, our friends prayed, played praise music in their house while we were working, and one of the songs is one that we sing here, and it made me really, really miss my church. Amen. We're glad when anyone is gone that they long to be here. I know Judy and I feel the same way. Vacation folks right here have returned. Good to have Joseph and Mary back. You've only been gone six months. Yeah, yeah. Good good to have you here. Manny, you had a birthday, number 65 this week, right? That's right, 65? Youngster. Yeah, youngster. Okay. Someone else, a, a praise note, a blessing, an answer to prayer right up here. Miss Barb. Thank the Lord that I'm able to be here this week. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but hey, the Lord healed the foot, and I can walk again better. So, and I thank everybody here for their loving prayers. Amen. I'm glad to have you here. Barb was in our Friday daytime small uh, group, and it was good to see her up and around again in the Lord's 
healing on that cellulitis that she had. So um, good to have Mike and Linda back. You've been away on some vacation too. Was your time away good? Great, good. Debbie got to the beach, but I don't try to make a big deal of that because I don't like her to go at all um, because then we're sort of like stuck until she comes back. Um, but Vicki, she told me she was going to like, you know, take you under her wing relative to all that. Any time that she was gone, she was just going to have you come fill in for her. Did she mention that to you? Uh, okay. All right. Anyone else? Okay. Then do I have all the prayer uh, burdens, all the prayer sheets? Rebecca is not here. Rebecca Clark, you're not here, are you? I don't see Rebecca, so I don't have an update um, for you on her sister and uh, brother-in-law and, and the baby. If the baby wasn't born naturally this week, then today was the day that it was scheduled uh, to have to be taken. So those of you that are aware of that situation, you can just continue to bathe uh, that in prayer. That baby will not live outside the womb and so um, or, or, or will not live very long outside the womb so it's a rather sad situation for the family but the Lord uh, in his providence is uh, is working in, in all of that for his glory and, and for their good and so pray continue to pray for them Larry Wheeler I want to remind you still have this Stephen still has a surgery on 20th that's a Thursday right this Thursday and um, is Brian still the donor at this point? So his younger brother Brian is the at this point the donor unless um, another option becomes available. So that's a, um, a kidney transplant. And so put yourself in dad and mom's shoes. I've got two sons and they're both going to go under, under surgery, one, one for the other. And so pray for that up at UVA. Is that correct? Uh, pray for, for them, for the family. Um, Danny, any update on Gail? So she didn't actually have it. Okay. All right. Continue to pray for Gail and um, Mark and Joyce Sims on their trip this week in the next couple of weeks actually they finish up back here by the first Sunday in November and uh, in Germany teaching first five chapters of the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ for pray for their ministry there oh Danny I didn't see this Danny already gave this to me Gail's eye surgery was rescheduled for this coming Thursday surgery center and um, Pete Wing prayers I appreciate uh, as I travel to Tennessee today, we'll be with my nephew who is suffering with cancer. His name is Joseph. So we'll pray for for uh, Joseph. Of course, we have all the other ongoing uh, requests. So, Father, we're grateful that um, you are a sovereign God and in providence. Um, you work out your plans for time and eternity, and you are a good God. Uh, we anchor ourselves repeatedly in that truth, and um, our trust is in you. Uh, we're thankful that even as we have studied recently, that you are a shield um, about us, our glory. You're the lifter of our head, and 
you're a prayer answering God. So um, the burdens that have been mentioned here, but the burdens of every heart you see. And I pray in Jesus' name you would work in a mighty way that we might see your hand, we might give you the glory, we might be encouraged in our walk, uh, you might increase our faith, um, we might see great and mighty things. Um, Jeremiah, in the midst of pending um, doom from the exile and from your judgment on, on a nation, um, looked to you and prayed to you and um, said, is there anything too hard for you, Lord? And we say the same thing. Is there anything too hard for you? Obviously, our nation is under judgment. We deserve the judgment, and yet we're your people. And so as your people, we cry out to you for mercy and grace to help in our time and need and for every one of these situations that have been mentioned for your individual care as we know that you'll give it. You're such a gracious, good God. Open our eyes now to the truth of your word, both here and this hour and the one to come, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we just coming out of Psalm 3 and 4, and so it just seemed uh, appropriate to me um, that we look at this topic of uh, anxiety. And if you look at those two psalms, we'll, we'll look at that in a moment, but if we look at those two psalms, in both of those psalms we see crisis. And we've talked about that's the way we live in a, in a fallen world. In the Genesis 3 world, um, that groans literally for its salvation um, there's always a struggle. There's always a crisis, and uh, that's that's the lot of our lives. But we have we have Christ. We have His Holy Spirit. We have His all-sufficient Word. We have the body of Christ. We we have one another, and yet that temptation in the midst of crisis to not be at peace is always there, but rather to be in anxiety or fear or fret or or whatever, and. Now, the reason I want to talk about this and take a couple of weeks, there's nothing here. I'm confident there's nothing here that if you've been a believer very long and if you've been in this church very long that you haven't heard over and over and over again. But it's not that we haven't heard it before, but sometimes we just need to hear it again with new ears, with fresh ears. And, and here's the concern for my own soul as much as for yours. If I said to you, do you think that we should take the sin of murder seriously or the sin of lying seriously or the sin of stealing seriously, the, the sin of covetousness seriously. I mean, I could go on and on. The sin of, of, of lust or pornography seriously. Nobody in here would say, yeah, that's a big deal. It's clearly a sin. It's something that we have to... We have to mortify, that's the, the, the old Puritan word. We've got to mortify those sins. We, we have to do whatever it takes, cut, cut them off, because we, we've been called be holy even as I am holy. And while we stand in the righteous robes of Christ and we've been justified by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ and we're hearing that wonderful outlay verse by verse, from the book of Romans in chapter 5 now, and we'll hear more of that in a little while this morning, um, we're still encased in this flesh, and this flesh has um, a tendency to make little of sin. And I'm concerned that I dismiss 
the sin of fear, fret, anxiety, worry too lightly, and that without me even realizing it, and perhaps you, it's sort of a, um, an acceptable sin. I mean, I need to deal with these other things if, if I'm struggling with them, but this is, what's, what's the big deal, right? It's not really a big deal. Um, somebody, I forget which one, wrote that book, Respectable Sins, right? Like there could be any such thing as a respectable sin, but if we're not careful, we don't treat this particular topic or this sin of fear, anxiety, worry, fretting, you can put all kinds of words, but it's, it's basically the same thing, right? It's, we're not trusting God. We're, we're trying to own it ourselves, And we struggle with that. We all struggle with that. I'd mean, be happy to say, is there anybody here that doesn't struggle with it? You stand up, and I'll sit down, and you can teach. Anyone? <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's just an ongoing thing for us. So I, I want us to uh, just look at it push the reset button a little bit and, and think about it because it is a serious sin. And um, it, it's, it's something that God takes uh, very seriously. Um, it's bad for us, too. I mean, it's, it's bad for us spiritually. It's bad for us physically in, in almost every way. Look at uh, your handout. I, I just give you the one verse in Proverbs um, 12. This verse doesn't indicate all by itself, if that's all we had, that it's a sin. But look what it says. Anxiety in the heart of man weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. When you're full of anxiety, don't you, don't you feel that weight weighted down? I mean, it's like you, you, sometimes you can't even catch your breath. I mean, it's just there. You're, 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 heavy, you're heavy-hearted. And there really is very few weights as heavy as the weight of a person who is just full of... Uh, of fear, and so it is a, it is a temptation. And let's be clear from Scripture that it is a sin if it's not dealt with properly. You, you might be able to say that there's the temptation to be anxious or to fret or to worry or to fear, but you don't have to give in to that. I'm talking about when you give in to it and it paralyzes you. You stop. You're not walking in faith anymore. You're, you're covering. You're protecting. You're not doing what you know you should do. When it comes to that point, it is clearly a, a sin. And uh, there can't be any mistaking about it. I put a few of the verses here, but I would prefer if you would open to Matthew chapter 6. Let's hear from the Sermon on the Mount and from the Lord himself as he's lays this out so clearly. We're going to look at verse 25 to start with. You'll note as we go through here that three times the, the command is given or the instruction is given um, not to worry. And this is right from uh, the Lord talking not just to his disciples, but to the, the crowd. So um, everybody is there. But he says in verse 25, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. Now stop there. Psalm 3. Psalm 3 was a, three, was a psalm where David's worried about his life. Remember, he's camped around thousands of, a revolt from Absalom. The armies have, have, have become traitors and have 
Absalom's won their heart. And so the very armies that used to be loyal to David are now hunting David. His life is in jeopardy. That's Psalm 3. But Psalm 4 talks about how his character, his reputation is in danger. And he's being slandered. He's being lied about. Those kind of things, that kind of actions and attitudes upon our life is something that the believer faces all the time. And Jesus says right here out of the box in this section of the teaching, do not be worried about your life. And he he really unfolds that in several different ways. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. And he gives us an illustration. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You are, are you not worth much more than they are? So he's drawn a conclusion. He said, look at the birds of the air, look how they're taken care of, and he's saying, they're fed, that's all by God's design and God's care. Aren't you of more value than a bird? And of course, that's repeated in several different ways in, in, in Luke's gospel. Um, it even adds the fact that a bird can't even fall from the sky uh, without the Lord knowing it. And he goes on there in verse 27, he says, And who of you being worried can add a single hour to his life? Now that's an amazing statement. So... What has fear, anxiety, or worry ever accomplished for anybody? I mean, absolutely nothing except poor health, no sleep, and that feeling of, of guilt if your conscience is rightly instructed in the word, a feeling of guilt because you are guilty. And no one likes that feeling. And so he's he's saying, and for all that, you can't even add five minutes to your life. You can't even add five minutes to your life. So what in the world are you worried about? Verse 28. And while you're worried about clothing, observe how the lilies of the field grow, how they do not toil or spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like this one or like these But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? God takes care of that which is temporal, that which is here today and gone tomorrow from the standpoint that it it ceases its existence. Every one of us will live on forever. There is no ceasing of existence. The only question is, where will you live forever? What will your forever look like? But if God would take care of the grass or the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, how how much more will he provide for his people? And and we know that his provision has been magnificent. As we looked at that a a couple of weeks, just looking at the blessing of our salvation, the, the fact that... We have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, The fact that we have 
access by faith to his grace. And we stand in that grace. We have access to God. And the fact that we endure by the power of his spirit. And as we endure, we see growth in our lives that we recognize is fruit from the spirit of God. And that gives us hope. That gives us hope because we know we've been promised that he that began a good work in us will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. One day he's going to make us to be like him. And we, we have that hope. And so we're, we're, we're to live that way. We're not to live as grass, like we're somehow going to be consumed. God cares too much for us to even consider that happening. And so have faith. Oh, you that have little faith. Notice he says have little faith. You see, if you're truly born again by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God has regenerated you, brought you from death to life. Christ lives in you, and you'll always have faith. May only be a little. May only be as much as a, as a, as a mustard seed, but you can't lose what God's put in. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that glorious that you can't lose what God put in? Uh, amen for that. Uh, don't you like that song, He Will Hold You Fast? Uh, do you ever let go of the rope? You think, I've had enough, I quit? <laughs> doesn't matter. Because he's the one that has a hold of you. That's not how tight you grip. He's got you. And what can separate us from his love? Absolutely nothing. So why worry? We have a little faith. Verse 31. Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. What is he saying? Let's put that in our vernacular. What he's saying is, church, why are you worried about all these things? That's what unbelievers worry about. That's what unbelievers are consumed with. They're consumed with how they look, clothing, their bank accounts, their reputations, the list is endless. They're consumed with that because this is all they have. You've got Christ and life eternal. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. That's that's what he's saying. The Gentiles eagerly seek after these things. He says, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He's not saying these things don't matter. <laughs> you get hungry, it matters. If you don't have a roof over your head, it matters. He knows these things are, matter, but he's going to take care of them. And, and, and he, he, just, he makes that clear. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. And so he gives you the prescription right here. What does he say? But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek him first. Pursue him first. Your relationship with him first. Trust him in all matters. And God will take care of the other things. You make your plans to follow him, and he'll direct your steps. In verse 34, he says, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. goes on in chapter 14. I have that in your handout. It says to disciples, just before he's going to go to the cross, he knows he's going to leave them alone. He says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Then he ends that section in verse 27. It says, Peace. I leave with you my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you. 
I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And then just before he goes to the high priestly prayer in John 17, he reminds us and his disciples in chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. Jesus Christ wants his people to be at peace. He's the great shepherd of the flock. He's the one that's leading us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He wants us to be at peace. But it's not that we won't have trouble. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take courage. Have a courage, a courageous heart. Have faith. I've overcome the world. Paul was just pretty straightforward with timid Timothy. He said, For God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love, and a disciplined mind or, or self-control. So, all I want to do just to start with is I, I want to open up and I want to talk about it um, a, a little bit. So I put some questions here. Um, because I think it's important that we, that we get real uh, with each other. And so, let's just start with knowing that we all face anxiety. Yeah, we've heard these, these verses. Uh, what do you use when, it, when you get gut-punched and, and you, you, you know, you're gasping for air because of maybe a giant crisis or maybe it's just a s- slow little gnawing of, of worry? What, what text do you use... Um, to help strengthen you. Um, what, what process do you use? I'm not looking for a five-minute conversation, but in, in, in a minute or so, just what do you do? I mean, you must do something, right? We, we all face it. Jesse, do you still have a mic? Jesse's got a mic and I've got a mic. I, would somebody be bold enough to just say, yeah, I, I, I face trouble and worry, and when I do, here's part of what I do. Okay, I'll let you go first, Gloria. You're right here in the front. This week we've had some gut punches, and the verse First Peter five seven keeps coming back to me, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you, and to say, don't pick that one. But remember the story of Corey Ten Boom with the, her father and the suitcase, and he said, don't pick that up; it's too heavy for you. And I think to practice casting your care upon, so you, you have to control take control of your mind and then do that active thing about casting your care on him because God cares about us. Amen. So cast your care upon him because he cares for you. First Peter 5, 7, the first six verses before that all deal with humility. Clothe yourself with humility. Submit one to another. A person doesn't cast their care when they are acting like they're God and they're trying to hold on to it. It's actually an act of humility. It's an act of faith. It's an act of trust to say, Lord, you're sovereign. You're good. You love me. I'm going to stop worrying about this. I'm going to, I'm going to give this to you. That's an act of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to what? Please God. But he's a rewarder to those who diligently walk by faith. Hebrews 11, 1 and 6. Praise the Lord for that. Somebody else. 
Uh, Lisa. I probably memorized this verse long before I really had anything to worry about. But do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known unto God, and the peace of God, will, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And the little part in there about with thanksgiving, um, even this week, I've had a lot of things to be anxious about, about if someone were to look from the outside into my life. But that Thanksgiving part is so important, and we're coming up on Thanksgiving. And I actually, having lost my husband in the past year, um, I have five grown children, and we're all struggling with the holidays coming up because my husband passed away on December 16th. And I had a family member say, I don't even know if I want to what I want to do for Christmas or Thanksgiving because we're so used to him, this huge presence being there. And I said, well, we have a lot to be thankful for, and we do. And, and so I think it's important when we start to feel overwhelmed and anxious about whatever any of you are going through is to sit and write down the things you're thankful for and think about, and if you keep a journal, which I have since I was 18 years old, Go back and look at those journals and just start checking off all the ways that God has answered those prayers. Sometimes it's not the way that we thought, but many times it's beyond what we would have even comprehended. And so being thankful is important because we're recognizing that God is able. Amen. Amen. Excellent. We're going to look at that. We'll will completely pull all of those passages uh, apart um, because it is important. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his many benefits. Count your blessings and name them one by one. And... Um, it really isn't difficult. Let's just be transparent. It's not difficult to, to pray when we get in trouble. Um, it's pretty easy to do foxhole praying. But it takes it to another whole level when you move from Lord save me to Lord thank you. Um, that's a whole new level, isn't it? I mean, You've you got to work a, a, a little bit. Uh, we're thankful in that. We're, we're thankful in the situation and then trying to trying to discern in that situation what are the things that that, um, that I can trust the Lord and give thanks in and then we always have that, that inner voice. Re- remember the instruction you've heard over and over and over here. Don't let yourself talk to yourself. Do not let yourself talk to yourself. You have, yourself has nothing good to say to you because yourself says to you God's not good. If God was good he wouldn't have let this happen. God isn't wise. If God was wise, this would have never occurred. Yourself says that to you, doesn't it? Of course it does. And you have to speak to yourself the truth of the very words of God. And one of the best ways to do that is, of course, with Scripture, to speak Scripture to yourself and then to meditate on it and then to, to pray like Lisa just encouraged us from Philippians 
chapter 4, 6, and 7. Thank you, Lisa. Someone else? Do you have a particular approach? Gloria, right up here. And let go Gloria go first, and then we'll come back here to Vanessa. All right, can you give Gloria? I had a flash, and, and she, she got you right there. I'm sorry, Gloria or Henry. Sorry. She, she, she beat you. She beat you by two one-hundredths of a second. Some verses that have meant a lot to me are from Psalm 42, the last half of verse 5. Wait for God, for I will again praise him. And verse 8, the Lord sends his goodness in the daytime, and his song will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. Amen. Psalm 42, before those verses, the psalmist says, how long, O oh Lord, how long, how long, how long, doesn't he? He, he's, he cries his heart out, and then he, he speaks truth to himself, which you read, which is what we need to do. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Vanessa? This is a, just a little bit of a testimony of what you're talking about. Um, Matthew has a little, it's, a, it's supposed to be a teeny tiny little procedure at the hospital tomorrow. He has to go under anesthesia. And it's interesting because it really is supposed to not be a big deal. But in my heart here, it's been a big deal. It's been like, I don't know, maybe it's because it's the first time he's going under anesthesia in four years. I don't know. But anyway, I was just, I've been so burdened by this. And this morning I laid, I was laying on the couch. I couldn't do much. I couldn't think. I couldn't pray. I couldn't do much of anything except it's weird because I know it's, Anxiety is so strange because you're like, I know I'm not supposed to worry about this, but I'm worried about it. And I knew I should pray. I wasn't even praying. And then finally I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I was just laying there. And somehow it came to my mind to take courage, be courageous, face this day with courage, get up and do what you're supposed to do. And during the prayer request, I almost wrote to ask you guys to pray for courage for me. Amen. And this is so encouraging because I, don't, I, I was not thinking of this passage in John. In fact, I forgot this passage in John was here, that you will face tribulations but take courage. I guess I'm just thankful for the opportunities I've had to hide God's word in my heart because even when I don't even know what to Pray for myself. The Lord has a way of bringing the word to mind. Um, I mean, I knew that wasn't of me, right? Because I was, I was so fearful. <laughs> um, it's funny because I almost didn't even come to Sunday school because I was just like, I don't want to do anything. And my husband was like, we should do something. <laughs> and it's because of the courage the Lord mm. reminded me to take that word in here this morning. So anyway, thank you Amen. <laughs> for this. Amen. So you want to get down below the surface in your relationship with somebody else. We need each other. Just That's speaking truth to each other. What, what you're hearing is real live testimonies of people who, if we were in their shoes, would struggle like they're struggling. And so there's no pretense. They've taken the mask off. It takes a lot of grace to take the mask off and say, I, this is what I do when I struggle, when, when, I, when I face these things. We all do. And so, first of all, thank you all for being will to, willing to do that. Um, but 
in your relationships one with another, I mean, you just don't walk up to Manny and shake his hand first thing on Sunday morning. Hey, Manny, how you doing? I'm fine, we're fine, you're fine. What's the most courageous thing you've done recently? Uh, you know, that, that isn't the way to approach it, but, but I want to tell you, we, we would be helping one another if we would look for opportunities just to say to somebody, when was the last time that you had to use courage to trust God in something? Tell me about it. I'd love to hear it. And then I'd, I'd love to be able to pray with you. Uh, we, we, we'd be amazed how that would open up, how that would open up people. When, when is the last time um, you had to be courageous? You, you had to trust the Lord. Um, it's probably a lot more times than we realize because maybe sometimes we're just not courageous and so we just ignore it. We, we push it to the background rather than pushing through. So many areas of life where we're to have courage any place that there's trouble, right? We're, we're to have courage. The same <clears throat> sermon on the mount as believers because we have trusted Christ. We, we have new life. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. And because of that we have the attributes, the attitudes of the kingdom. And because we have the attitudes of the kingdom, we come down in those beatitudes and when we're violated, when we're persecuted, when we're abused, it says that, um, that, that we give thanks and we revile not. And then it goes on to say, we let our light shine. You know, that's the brightest light shining is when we're in our darkest time and we're exercising faith and we're sharing with people how we still can have the joy of the Lord while we have a tear running down our cheek. They can exist together, can't they? And so perhaps you have more um, testimonies and maybe the next week we can um, take some, but let's look back in here. Next week, I want to get us to the point where we can just open up um, Philippians um, and go to chapter 14. But you notice in the Psalms that we looked at, Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, that in both of those, we go from crisis to calm. And I'm still on the first page, but Psalm 3, remember, it opens up with, O Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying to my soul, there is no deliverance in God. And, and what I'm saying is not only are many saying that, but your flesh will say that to you, which is why you've got to speak truth to you, why you have to meditate like Psalm 1. We meditate day and night that we might be like a tree planted near the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit or fruit bearing. Even in the heat of the day, whatever, whatever the season, our, our leaves don't wither. Um, and whatsoever we do is prospering. We, we prosper. The fruit is for the glory of Christ. It's not for us. It's for the glory of Christ. But we prosper in those situations, even in the heat of the day. And we saw the same thing in Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. 
David recognizes he has no righteousness of his own, but God is righteous and God loves him. And so he, he cries on, out to David, and, or to God, and David, David, as a testimony, says, you've relieved me in my distress in the past. Lord, do it again. You've answered prayer in the past. Lord, do it again. You've borne my burdens in the heat of the day of the past. Lord, do it again. We read in Matthew 6, 34. Each day has enough trouble for its own. So don't worry about Christmas. Let's walk today by faith, seeking God first, trusting him, and then the 17th, we'll walk by faith. And then the 18th and the 19th until we see Jesus face by face. That's the instruction. That's what Christ is saying to his people. And when we tell ourselves the truth, we go from crisis to calm. And, and that's exactly what happened to both of those psalms. Look at Psalm 3 again. David's testimony with the armies around about him is, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. He sleeps in peace, though, humanly speaking, he's in great danger because his trust is in the Lord. We sing that song, don't we? Lord is a shield about me, my glory, the lifter of my head. We have a shield about us. We have guardian angels assigned to us. I'm not going to do a whole series right now on angels, but do you, do you know that not a hair in your head can touch, be touched apart from it passing through God's hands? Job knew that. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all these things, he did not curse God nor blame him foolishly with his lips. Oh, may I be that kind of man. May we be those kind of people. Because he's a shield about me. Trust him. Psalm 4.8 said, In peace I will both sleep, lie down and sleep, for you alone made me to dwell in safety. And so look at that page 2. I just want you to see, I took this right out of the um, self-confrontation manual. I've given you some resources here. We're going to go through this in two weeks, maybe three, probably three. Um, but if this is a besetting sin, if this is something you really struggle with, if this is not something that you have victory over, repeated victory over, then you need to dive into it. And, and I've given you the resources. The self-confrontation manual would be helpful. But I, I've given you other resources uh, down there that would be excellent. Any or all of them. I, I can say with integrity, every single one of these resources I have read myself, I have looked at, I have used for my own heart, for my own soul, and it's been very, very helpful for me. Another good reason to dive into this a little bit deeper would be because we all have this need one for another, and we should each be in a discipleship relationship. Perhaps several. Where, where we're able to speak truth to each other, where we're able to come alongside somebody who's struggling, where you feel close enough that you can open up and you can say to somebody, I'm struggling, I hurt, I need help, I'm having a hard time believing God. Would you pray for me in this area? Sometimes the voice inside of me is so loud I have to have somebody else that can 
speak the truth into me that I already know. Lisa and you and Vanessa and no doubt Gloria all knew the truth, but you had to hear it fresh and anew over and over and over again, don't we? Um, and, and so that's what we're to be one to another. And so right out of the self-confrontation manual, the temptation to fear and worry are common and can be overcome as we trust God in all things and in all circumstances. As we remain obedient to Scripture, we will have victory and not be hampered by defeat. Instead, we will experience the peace and joy that God provides through Jesus Christ. When we fail to obey, then fear, worry, anxiety becomes sin often besetting sins. We can just get into a pattern. We can get into a rut. We give up. We stop fighting it. We, we think there is no victory. The Spirit of God wants to take the all-sufficient Word of God and you connect it into the church of the living God and give you victory, not just in this area, but in any area. You can have it. So we don't have to be paralyzed and immobile. We can grow and become like Christ. And so that's really the, the purpose of this series is to help us take a step up in that area and help also equip us to help one another. So I've given you the resources and um, this is what we're looking to do. And if you get a chance this week, even though you're probably familiar with it, you could read Philippians, the book of Philippians, four chapters in one sitting. I mean, you could read it very easily at pulpit speed in 15 minutes. But certainly chapter 4, if you would read chapter 4, think about that, meditate a little bit, it would help prepare your heart. And um, we'll, we'll jump into that. I think we've covered well. And I'm going to close on the third page with this one thought that I have there is that Overwhelming anxiety, fear, and worry are the result of living to please yourself. It's actually self-love. It's, it's trusting yourself to be the general manager of the universe. It's, it's I, I really can't trust God, so I've got to control this thing myself. I can't let go. I, can't, I, can't, I cannot trust God. That's living to please yourself. It's somehow thinking that you know better or you're able it's, it's a responsibility that God never gave to you, and when you take it away from him, the weight of the world is on you. God wants to lift that weight, but you have to cast your care upon him. And so we'll look at that further as we dive into Philippians chapter 4 next week. Um, I trust this will be a blessing and a help to you. As always, I'm available. Judy and I are available to help you walk through. We're not immune to this. We struggle with it just like everybody else does. We have the crises, big and little, that come into our life just like you do. And we would be happy to pray with you and to walk with you through it or to help you get connected with somebody who can help you. Uh, obviously, I can't make an appointment with 70 people. Um, well, I can, but it would take me at least a week. And, um, and so, but, but we'll get you help. We'll get you help. Help is available. I don't, I don't want you to feel helpless in this. But you've got to humble yourself and ask. And so, Lord, I pray you'd take your word and you would do your work for your glory, for the good of your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.